Salutations, listeners, and welcome to another edition of the Dr. Jazz Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Holloway, your doctor for jazz. It is our mission here at the Dr. Jazz Podcast to cure whatever it is that ails you through the power and the majesty of jazz music. In this episode, we are taking a very special spotlight on a multi-instrumentalist, and we're going to tell you a little bit more about him in the breaks and in the gaps, but our focus this episode is on the great multi-instrumentalist, Rasan Roland Kirk. Tons of great stuff, but before we get to that, Kirk was influenced by many, many great jazz legends. So we're going to take the first half of this podcast and play some of that music for you. So up first, a Scott Joplin tune, The Entertainer, by Rasan Roland Kirk. Thank you. 
this and save us eyes. That in Aleppo once, where a malignant and determined Turk beat a Venetian and traduced the state, I took by the throat the damned heathen dog and snuck him
All right, that was Dim Red Beans and Rice in a total typical New Orleans style from his album Bright Moments. Before that, we heard Water for Robeson and Williams with little um, snippets of Paul Robeson uh, reciting parts of Othello. And it was done in a way that... um, Rasan just had a tape recorder and put it up to the microphone in the studio. That's how that was done. There was no superimposing or anything. Yeah, so super hip there. And then we started out the set with The Entertainer, done in the style of the blues. And that is a Scott Joplin tune. And what better way to start all of the influences of Rasan Roland Kirk than with Scott Joplin? And all that. So, um, wanted to tell you a little bit about Rasan Roland Kirk. He was actually born Ronald Theodore Kirk, and um, he was born in Columbus, Ohio. And he was born with sight, but he went blind at the age of two. Um, and it was due to some kind of um, mis mistreatment. Uh, that was a medical mistreatment that went wrong. Um, he, As a teenager, he went to the Ohio State School for the Blind. By 15, he was on the road playing rhythm and blues on weekends with uh, Boyd Moore's band. And according to Hank Crawford, a great saxophonist, uh, he is quoted as saying that he would be like this 14-year-old blind kid playing two horns at once. They would bring him out and he would tear up the joint, is what Hank Crawford said. Now they had him doing all this goofy stuff, you know, with the two horns, but he was playing the shit out of them, is what Hank Crawford said. Um, now, Ronald Theodore Kirk uh, had this dream, and in this dream, it told him to transpose two letters in his first name to make Roland from Ronald. In 1970, he added Rasan to his name after hearing it in a dream. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's how we get Rasan Roland Kirk. Um, yeah, so we're going to drop a little bit of um, knowledge in between these breaks, but we're not going to let it go too long. We're going to get back to some music here. We've got another great set for you um remember we're doing the inspirations of rasan roland kirk here in this first half of the podcast that's spotlighting the music of rasan roland kirk this next tune is called from bichet bias and fats and it is garnering inspiration from the great clarinetist and saxophonist Sidney Bechet, the great saxophonist Don Bias, and the great piano player Fats Waller. So see if you can hear all of three of these influences in this next track. You're listening to the Dr. Jazz Podcast.
right. That was Carney and Bigard Place. And that comes from the Atlantic Anthology, Does Your House Have Lions? Uh, a great collection of uh, Rasan Roland Kirk tunes in that anthology. And Joel Dorn did a very masterful job with this, a guy who actually hung out with Rasan. And, um, yeah. And, of course, we're talking about with Carney, the great Harry Carney, the godfather of the Barry Sachs, who played with Duke Ellington, and the great clarinetist Barney Bigard is what they're talking about when they say Bigard, Carney and Bigard Place. Um, Barney Bigard was one of the few who really had a great career, not only playing with Duke Ellington and his band, but also playing with Louis Armstrong. And um, one of the, the albums that really sets... Barney Bigard aside from many clarinetists that just features him tremendously is the album uh, The Great Summit between the collaboration of Duke Ellington and Louis Armstrong and Louis Armstrong's playing all Duke Ellington tunes with his group with Duke Ellington at the piano and Bigard is at that point one of Louis Armstrong's group you know of the all-stars and of course Barney Bigard has played all those tunes so you know um and no doubt Harry Carney and um, Barney Bigard made an indelible mark on Rasan because you hear that clarinet and it's just wailing, you know. Um, so yeah, Carney and Bigard plays. Before that, speaking of Duke Ellington, we heard the Duke Ellington composition Prelude to a Kiss. And that was from the Bright Moments album, which we're going to be talking about a little bit later as well. Uh... And then we started off the set with a track from Rasan's album, Rip, Rig, and Panic. It was a track called From Bechet, Bias, and Fats. Talking about Sidney Bechet, Don Bias, and Fats Waller. And that track actually features Elvin Jones on the drums. So, why are we focusing on all these great influences of Rasan's from Joplin to... Sidney Bechet to Duke Ellington and Harry Carney and Paul Robeson and New Orleans-style traditional jazz music and all that. Well, I'm going to read a little bit from the booklet to the Rasan Roland Kirk anthology, Does Your House Have Lions? And it said, Having worked and recorded in Chicago, Kirk moved to New York and performed with Charles Mingus, for about 12 weeks in 1961 and was influenced both by the material and the attitude of the group's leader brought to the bandstand. Mingus, who was brilliant, disorganized, virtuosic, melodically gifted, harmonically unique, willing to browbeat his musicians in public and give long, rambling bandstand lectures on the racial conditions of America, his sex life, drugs, the threat of atomic energy, or anything else that came to mind, giving off the bad boy image of an unbridled genius at war with the torments and absurdities of convention, also had a great love for the sweep of jazz styles. Now they're talking about Mingus here, um, but I'll continue. That love 
came from experience that included jobs with such seminal figures as Kid Ory, Louis Armstrong, Duke Ellington, Lionel Hampton, Art Tatum, Charlie Parker, Bud Powell, Thelonious Monk, and Max Roach. So, with Kirk, it was kind of like going to, to school. It was like going to a university, getting educated properly when he was playing with Mingus. Because here's a guy that's played with them all. From Louis Armstrong to Duke Ellington to Charlie Parker. I mean, not many folks can say that. And because of Mingus's true love for the idiom and all of its styles that is encompassed within jazz, Kirk learned a lot of things and a lot of great respect for many different artists and styles. So... It goes on to say that in that concern for historical detail and for acknowledgement of the mortar that holds great aesthetic designs together, Kirk joined those figures who lived in terms of Ellington's Proust-derived statement, quote, Remembrance of things past is important for jazz musicians, end quote. That being said, we're going to continue. And here's a little bit on the bebop side. Here's Blues for Alice by Rasan Roland Kirk.
Uh, that was Where Monk and Mingus Live in a medley with Thelonious Monk's composition Let's Call This and that's found on Rasan's album Domino um, yeah in the beginning of that you can really hear that Mingus kind of progression that Mingus sound and of course that's Kirk playing all those instruments at once by the way it's not like he has a sax section. He literally stuck two, three, you know, uh, woodwind mouthpieces in his mouth at the same time. And he, he was playing. And he, he set up these systems that would press certain keys down and, and with the, the placement of one hand here and one hand there. And he was able to harmonize with himself, much like a piano player, you know, uses his left hand in agreement with his right hand. Um, it's just that Kirk did that with different wind instruments, you know, and he's very special for it. Uh, it takes a certain brilliant mind to pull that off in a very tasteful way. Um, before that we heard A Night in Tunisia, the great Dizzy Gillespie classic from his Kirkatron album which has synthesizers and stuff like that. It's one of his later albums. But still, it's a different take with still looking back 
to one of the bebop anthems. And then we open up the set with Charlie Parker's Blues for Alice that Rasan is playing on the tenor saxophone from his album We Free Kings. Not three, free. We Free Kings. Now, <clears throat> a couple other things that you might not know about Rasan is <laughs> he was... Uh, he was actually, he, when he was going on tour, he would have this uh, comedian open up for him. And it's a really funny thing because if you don't know about Rasan Roland Kirk, he was like majorly outspoken politically. He would, you know, and I guess he got that from Mingus, you know, by watching Mingus kind of do the same thing. But he would be very outspoken and... You know, during his concerts, in between songs, he would talk about you know what was going on in the news, and he would talk about African American history. He talked about civil rights, you know, and um, they say that his monologues were often laced with satire and absurdist humor. Um, and then he would uh, introduce, he would come out and he would introduce, you know, this comedian who went on tour with him, and he'd sit there and say, I want to introduce a young brother who knows the black experience and knows all about the white devils. Please welcome Jay Leno. That's right. You heard me correctly. Jay Leno, former host of The Tonight Show, went on tour with Rasan. <laughs> that just blows my mind. So there you have it, you know. Um, yeah. And also, if you've ever heard Soul Bossa Nova by Quincy Jones, that's Roland Kirk. That's Rasan. And if you're not sure if you've heard that, if you've seen any Austin Powers movies, that's the theme song is Quincy Jones's Soul Bossa Nova. Yep. That flute part. Bleep, 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 play it up. Bleep, 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 bleep. That's all Rasan playing the flute part. So there you have it. You knew about Rasan before you even knew that you knew about Rasan. If you didn't know about Rasan. Know what I'm saying? All right. Let's get to another set. Um, yeah, this one might actually shock a couple of folks. Yeah, I'm just going to let the music play.
clickety-clack. Clickety-clack. Bring that man's baby back. Clickety-clack. Clickety-clack. I want my spirit back. Clickety-clack. Bubble music being seen and heard on Saturday night. Blinding the eyes of ones that's supposed to see. Bubble music being played and showed throughout America. Clickety-clack. Clickety-clack. Somebody's mind and got off the goddamn track. Clickety-clack. Clickety-clack. Won't somebody bring the spirit back? You didn't know about John Coltrane and the beautiful ballad he wrote, wait a minute, and the beautiful ballad he wrote called After the Rain. You didn't know about Lady Day and all the dues that she had to pay. The Beatles come into the country, they take all the bread while the police hitting black and white folks upside the head. <laughs> Tom Jones and Humperdinck got everybody uptight. They make people that can sing want to get out and fight. <laughs> Clickety-clack! Clickety-clack! What is this madness that Nixon has put upon us? Clickety-clack! Clickety-clack! Won't somebody bring the spirit back? Who will it be? Who will it be? It certainly won't be someone that says that they're free. Crickety-clack, clickety-clack. Won't somebody bring the spirit back? Clickety-clack, clickety-clack, clickety-clack.
Mm-hmm. Look at that little bird there. Right, that was Serenade to a Cuckoo from Rasan Roland Kirk's album I Talk with the Spirits. That is one of the uh, original compositions of Kirk's that is easily a standard uh, and a great melody. Great melody and nice effects with a little cuckoo, cuckoo birds. Uh, before that, we heard one of, because I had to include at least one, one of Rasan's rants talking about everything from Nixon to police brutality, John Coltrane, and Billie Holiday, all in the same rant. It's just amazing. And definitively cut from the same cloth as Charles Mingus. You can tell that's where um, Kirk was educated. (laughs) It was on the bandstand with Charles Mingus. And then we started off the set with the great Giant Steps by John Coltrane. But that's probably one of the wildest versions of Giant Steps I've ever heard. And that comes from Rasan's album, Return of the 5,000 Pound Man. Super hip. Now, I know that I'm throwing out a lot of titles and I'm throwing out a lot of different albums at you and some some you know factoids about Rasan and all this stuff, but it's okay. I've got the cure about where you can find these exact albums if you like what you hear. All you got to do is go to the website, Dr. Jazz Podcast, D-R-J-A-Z-Z Podcast, no spaces, dot wordpress.com. And there you can find episode information, information about past episodes, and of course, all the titles and the album art so you know exactly what to look for when you either order it or go to your local record store and start digging through them crates. So, um, okay, so, yeah, in the first half we've already covered, you know, we've, we've reached the first half and we've already covered inspiration from Scott Joplin, Paul Robeson, traditional New Orleans jazz, Sidney Bechet, Don Bias, Fats Waller, Duke Ellington, Harry Carney, Barney Beegard, Charlie Parker, Dizzy Gillespie, Thelonious Monk, Charles Mingus, uh, John Coltrane, and a mention of Lady Day. So, not bad for a first half, you know? Yeah. Um, So, keep this in mind, that whenever you're hearing a flute, a tenor sax, uh, a mesh of different woodwinds, you know, um, you're a nose flute, you're hearing a clarinet, you're hearing Rasan. He played all those individually and together. So talk about just killer chops, total killer chops. And he was blind. So there you go. Um, yeah. Great. Just outstanding. So we got another great set coming up for you. Um, yeah, three really good tunes. I really hope you dig them. 
Um, this first one is called Blackness from his album Blackness. And if you're not sure how to spell it, he's going to help you with that too. You're listening to the Dr. Jazz Podcast. Now we gathered here on the universe at this time, this particular time, to listen to the 36 black notes of the piano. There's 36 black notes and 52 white notes. We don't mean to eliminate nothing, but we're going to just hear the black notes at this time, if you don't mind. Blackness. B-L-A-C-K-N-U-S-S.
Black Root from Natural Black Inventions Root Strata. Man, I love that song. It's just got that oomch, oomch, oomch all through it. It just gets me going every time. You know what I mean? Before that, we heard the beautiful ballad, Now Please Don't You Cry, Beautiful Edith, from the album. Now Please Don't You Cry, Beautiful Edith. And before that, we start off the set with B-L-A-C-K-N-U-S-S. That's blackness. And a nice little miniature rant from Rasan at the beginning. You just got to love this guy. Um, so his Rasan's career started in 1955, and it went all the way through 1977. He um, he was born in 35 and died in 77. He was 42 years old. What had happened was in 1975, Rasan had a major stroke, which um, caused him to have paralysis, partial paralysis on one side of his body. But if you think that was going to stop Rasan, you're wrong. Because he continued to perform, and he would continue to record, and he would modify all of his instruments so that he was able to play them with just one arm. And even at Ronnie Scott's in London, he even managed to play two instruments at the same time. And he would continue to do all these tours all over the world, and he would be on television, and it, it was crazy. And then sadly, in 1977, he went to Indiana University uh, to perform at the Student Union Building. And um, he had a, a second stroke the morning after his performance, and he died. It was super sad. Um, it's just, he was truly like one of those comets, you know. He had such a love for the whole history of jazz. He was so talented on a multitude of those instruments. Even Gary Giddens said that if, if Rassan just played the tenor saxophone, that was enough to bring him accolades and renown. But he didn't. I mean, he was also the major you know, cat to innovate the jazz flute after Eric Dolphy. And Eric Dolphy passed away in 64. That's about the time Rassan was really hitting his stride. So... I mean, all these different things. It's just crazy, you know. But we are left with great, great music. Yeah. So, all right. Next set. We've got, uh, oh, yeah, I remember this set. So it starts out with an original composition by R Rassan called Three for the Festival. And if you've seen any videos, then uh, you've probably seen like a little snippet of this song. But then he rearranged this song, much in the style of what Ellington and Mingus did. They would take uh, some of their most well-known songs and then they'd turn them on their head. They'd change uh, the arrangement completely. And Duke Ellington did great tremendous job of this throughout his career but this is one of the ones that uh, early songs that Rassam was known for and he changed it from three for the festival into freaks for the festival 
And so I've got them back to back for you to start off this set. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to Rasan Roland Kirk on the Dr. Jazz Podcast. Ah, yeah. 
Rasonic from Natural Black Inventions, Root Strata, same album. <clears throat> Before that, we heard Freaks for the Festival, the rearrangement 
by Rasan Roland Kirk from his album the let's let's see what this one is the case of the three-sided dream in audio color yeah can't make up that <laughs> and then we started off the set with the original version of that called three for the festival from his album we three kings now before we get to our last set I wanted to say that jazz icons that whole division of jazz DVDs has a version of Rasan live in concert that is tremendous so if you'd like to see Rasan live in concert hit that one that's the one to get um, if you're looking for more information more of a documentary there is one available it's called the case of the three-sided dream and it's a documentary DVD um, that was a labor of love um, and really featured a lot of information from Rasan's wife, Dorthan Kirk, who just recently won an NEA uh, Jazz Master Award. And, um, yeah, she goes into great detail about Rasan and, you know, and his, his touring and his music and uh, all that, that, that inner strength, that intestinal fortitude that he had when dealing with the strokes. So it's a it's a well done documentary. It's called The Case of the Three Sided Dream. I highly, highly recommend it. Um Yeah, Rasan, man. Rasan Roland Kirk. So we're gonna get to our last tr uh set, which is three of my absolute favorite Rasan Roland Kirk tunes. This first tune is The Inflated Tear, which is Totally different, but gorgeous all at the same time.
huh? You wouldn't forget him either if you had met him where I met him. Talking about desolation. Lord, desolation is a railroad station round about 2 a.m. on a weeknight. When you walk into desolation like that, and suddenly, out of nowhere, comes a warm song, you aren't about to forget it. This is the first time, though, that I've heard him at an airport. I know he moves along the piers. <laughs> he calls himself a journey agent, a Ulipian. Says his friends, the poets and the artists and musicians are Ulipians, too. Hey, listen. Listen to his tune calls it his duty-free gift for the traveler.
is the first time, though, that I've seen him at an airport. I know he moves along the pier. Calls himself a journey agent. A Ulypian. Calls his friends the poets, the artists, musicians, journey agents, too. Calls this his duty-free gift for the traveler. good to be in a place that feels like you're in your house, you know? Now, it's a beautiful thing. We're glad you people are assembled here with us on this Saturday night. You know what I mean? You don't feel like Saturday night people. Some Saturday night people, that's the only night they get out and they act like it. You know, like when you cage something up and when it gets out, they act like it. That's the way most Saturday night people act. Now, we would like to think of some very beautiful, bright moments. You know what I mean? Bright moments. Bright moments is like <laughs> eating your last pork chop in London, England, because you ain't gonna get no more. <laughs> Cook from home. <laughs> Bright moments is like being with your favorite love and y'all sharing the same ice cream dish. And you get mad when she gets the last drop. <laughs> and you have to take her and your arms and get it the other way. Bright moments. That's too heavy for most of y'all because y'all don't know about that kind of love. The love y'all have been taught about is the love in those magazines. And I am fortunate that I didn't have to look in magazines. <laughs> Bright moments. Bright moments is like seeing something that you ain't never seen in your life and you don't have to see it, but you know how it looks. Bright moments is like hearing some music that ain't nobody else heard and they, if they heard it, they wouldn't even recognize that they heard it because they've been hearing it all their life, but they nutted on it. So when you hear it and you start popping your feet and jumping up and down, they get mad because you enjoying yourself, but those are bright moments that they can't share with you because they don't know even how to even go about listening to what you're listening to. And you, when you try to tell them about it, they don't know a damn thing about what you're talking about. <laughs> Is there any other bright moments before we proceed on? Testify. Testify. Bright moments. Bright moments. Bright moments. Bright moments. Bright moments. Bright moments. 
Beautiful. Beautiful. Bright moments. Bright moments. Bright moments is like having brothers and sisters and sisterettes and brotherettes like y'all here listening to us. <laughs> Right moments, right moments, right now.
bright moments is for all the very wonderful people in the universe that has never known anything about bright moments. So check it out. What a great set. We started off that set with the strange ballad, The Inflated Tear. And then we moved on to the theme for the Ulipians. And all the artists and musicians are Ulipians. So if you're listening to this, the Dr. Jazz Podcast, you are a fellow Ulipian. And that goes out to you. And then we ended with Bright Moments. Mm. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing the spotlight on the great Rasan Roland Kirk with us here at the Dr. Jazz Podcast. Check out the website, Dr. Jazz Podcast, D-R-J-A-Z-Z Podcast.wordpress.com. And in the words of my friend Tom Halliday, who loved Rasan, bright moments to you all. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Y'all be good now. Because in jazz, we trust.